Ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYLK. Ah, the post and pre-holiday show. We're right smack dab in the middle of the two and uh, kind of recovering from our fantastic Christmas and uh, had a lot of really good Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. We'll make that one up. And, uh, you know, we're just going to take a look this year, kind of getting a little retrospective, I guess, with this show this weekend and take a look back at the year that was with 2015 with beer. It was an interesting year with some new releases, some other favorites. We we have our top 10 lists that we put together. George sent one in in as well. Uh, Billy is out in the woods. I don't know where Billy is. I just love saying he's out in the woods. George is out doing beer stuff. Billy's out in the woods. That's that's, how the world works. when, When they're not here, that's where they are pretty much is how it goes so uh, we have a lot of enough, uh, nice beer stuff to talk about this week here on WILK with the Beer Geek so uh, hopefully you all had a wonderful holiday season with your Christmases and your everything else that's under the sun we'll just I don't like saying just straight up happy holidays because it's just there's a lot yeah. of stuff but I'm not going to go and name Monica, Kwanzaa, yeah. Centronalia the whole, whole nine there's then. Festivus yeah for the rest of us <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff going on but uh, before we get into anything we'll cover a little bit of news now last week we talked about it and I said it was either going to be it was an interesting because the, the thought of business with the buyouts and everything was either going to be fairly quiet as we get into the holidays or a mad dash and uh, as between last week and this will give you a little bit of a clue between <laughs> last week's one buyout and this week's there was another two from the same company so we had three buyouts Buyouts in one week, so it was a mad dash. Uh, AB InBev announced this week. First, they they picked up the London base. I mean, the, the, our UK listeners will be familiar with them. Camden Town Brewery. They are located in London. Uh, they only started in 2010. AB InBev picked them up. And also, I think a day later, I believe, maybe it was two days later, but I think it was just a day later, they made the announcement that they purchased Breckenridge Brewery, a fairly large Colorado brewery. This is on the backing of the initial announcement that they picked up Four Peaks Brewery, a fairly small brewery out in Arizona. So just three of them right in a row and... Merry, Merry Christmas to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. They're killing it. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes playing out into the new year because I would love to really get an understanding of what their plan is how they're doing this because the the breweries that they're going after some of them have such a small footprint that the, that they are relatively unknown other than in their local area they're relatively unknown breweries and they're going in and picking some of these up now what i'm wondering is 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 the thought process to kind of mask that as they grow and maybe the cuz First and foremost, no matter what they're doing, they they are keeping more in mind the average consumer, which means people that don't really pay attention to craft beer all that much. Yeah. Because you saw, I mean, if you looked online at all, when any of these announcements come out, you see the backlash immediately from everybody. So while I take a grain of salt with what anybody puts online, you know, the people that are outraged about these buyouts will still go and wait in line for four hours for a Bourbon County Stout. <laughs> It's just kind of, that's what they're going after. Well, like we are talking about, we talked about it last week and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. They were buying up or doing the incentive program with all the distributors. To me, this is like, okay, buy up enough small craft breweries. That way when you present the package deal, deal, there's so many different craft breweries that they can bring to the table that they don't feel like, or distributors don't feel like they're losing that much. They'll be like, okay, I'll have a big catalog of unique beers to bring to the table. That's kind of my vibe as to why they're doing it. It's going to be interesting just to see where it goes in this new year, especially with this mad dash right here at the end, just to see what the the plans are lining up going into the new year, because it's just been an interesting year with that. I mean, we we started the year out there. There's been buyout after buyout throughout this year, not just from AB InBev, but a few different going around everything with the, the Lagunitas and Heineken. And all these different plans and the different things that have gone through, it's it's not going to slow down in the new year. That that's for sure. You're going to see more of them. I will I will very comfortably make that prediction. <laughs> it, it could it also could just be as simple as their hair is on fire and they don't know what to do because the craft beer movement in general, breweries are blowing up and there's yeah. all these new breweries coming out and all these great beers coming out and they just go, uh, 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 we just got to do something because we can't stand still and wait for us to become king because yeah. obviously that's not going to work. No, it's just going to be it's, it's going to be interesting. Thing and you're going to see more of it, and we'll see where they all start to land and, and uh, how this works for them uh, as far as... Because the main thing is they want to be able to keep making money, so they're not they're definitely not purchasing anything to run it into the ground. So when you start seeing any of that kind of stuff, none of that's true because it's a stupid business plan anyway, and we've talked about that before. So it'll just be an interesting thing, but it was just, it was just funny to see like that much that quickly at the end of the year. You had it right there, cream, baby. Dollar, yeah. dollar, bills, y'all. 
That's yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> so we'll get in a couple new beers and be coming out in the new year. Uh, Dogfish Head announced they have a romantic chemistry arriving this spring. It's an IPA brewed with mango, apricots, and ginger. So um, Dogfish Head has kind of been slowly bringing out a lot of new beers. Like they, they kind of remained a little quiet for a while. I don't think they were resting on their laurels. I think they were just kind of getting geared up. Quiet they, for they had, them. They've always yeah. been crazy. But. Yeah, and they, they uh, I think they with the new brewery expansion, like all these things going on, I think that they've now started to kind of get more into it. So that's going to be coming out this spring. So that'll be interesting because they always you know, know what they're doing with the IPAs. Uh, Victory has their Blackboard series. It's going to be an agave IPA coming out with grapefruit. That's going to be hitting January 1st. And uh, Oma Gang also announced this year, this week that their latest edition in the Game of Thrones series, if you're familiar, Brewery Oma Gang has a joint uh, series of beers with the Game of Thrones, the HBO series, and they have four out now, I think. It's four or five. I think, four, I think it's four. And I think this is going to be the fifth one coming out now. Uh, Seven Kingdoms. It's going to be a hoppy wheat beer. It's going to be hitting around early spring is what the plan is for that one. So it's always going to come. And that, that those tend to go fairly quickly because that is a genius move because oh you're, you're tagging two different nerd groups and, oh, man, you got people scrambling for that stuff and they're it, limited. As, uh, I post a lot of stuff online and I see analytics and it's so funny because if I post a, a Game of Thrones beer, you get infinite m- more um, feedback and viewership yeah. uh, just because you have the word Game of Thrones yep. in there, just because people just gobble anything uh, uh, yeah. about that up. And, and I don't think they've, they, I shouldn't say that, that's going to be a little naive. I was going to say, I don't think they fully had that in mind, but they had to have that somewhere in the back of their mind. But I know it was set up as a gen- genuine love between the two because the whole story goes is that the people, the producers of Game of Thrones were hanging out in New York at a bar drinking some Oma Gang beers, and I think there happened to be, I don't know if it was a, a rep that was there or something, yeah. and they just started a conversation, and then they found out who each other were, and they're like, oh, we love your beer, we love your show, we should do something, and then boom. Yeah. It, it all It's how the best things happen, man. Synchronicity. So uh, what we're having first in our glasses, we just kind of taking a look back, they said, now this is from Scob Brewing Company. Uh, we had Brewmaster Thomas Larson on a few months ago, and this beer was just getting ready to come out when we were talking to him. Uh, if you remember, we had their very popular Modus Hopperandi American IPA on. Really nice citrusy IPA. Uh, really sweet uh, malt backbone, which was a perfect idea for doing this. This is their Modus Mandarina. This is basically Modus Operandi with mandarin oranges added into it. So if you are a fan of citrus-type IPAs, this is phenomenal. Uh, just really knocks it up a lot. And that that crisp, because uh, you talked about that on here, too, using crystal malt in that IPA, a lot of people have kind of started to say to stay away from that, that they didn't want it to be too sweet or cloying, so they've stayed away, and he loves adding that in. And I think that's a perfect accompaniment for something like a mandarin orange with that that wonderful citrus taste. Yeah, the combination of the orange with the, with the um, with the hops and the malt base on it, too. I mean, I'm pretty sure this can is back when it came out originally, so it's held up yeah. for that amount of time. So it just goes to show you the balance put into the beer that it's still, after you know a couple months, it's still... And I will, I will say, don't have this one if you brush your teeth too close. Oh. It's very close to orange juice, and you yes. you know when you make that mistake, it's oh. oh, oh it's, There's got to be people in the world that like that, which is just I don't know. Oh god, yeah. that's what we should. We can beer that tastes like it, it tastes like orange juice when you brush your teeth. Well, there's, <laughs> there's been worse beers out there. <laughs> that's very very true. Uh, but speaking of good beers, uh, let's get into a little bit of our list now. We, we all, the, the three of us, myself, Matt, and George, as I said, uh, we have put together a top 10 list. Now, what we did, th- these are not necessarily for all of us a top 10 list of beers that were just released this year. It was kind of a look back at some of them. Basically, to me, I'll, I'll give you the insight on mine. It was these are beers that I had pretty much for the first time this year. So new discoveries or new released beers for 2015. That was kind of my take on it. And I did not do them. I don't know if you did do yours in an order. I did do mine in order. Okay. I did mine based off of all the beers I've reviewed this year. If it's a new reviewed beer that I did this year, that's what I did my list of. And I did them in an actual order. Oh, I, 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 to, for me to cram it into a top 10 is hard enough to then rate those top 10. That it was just nah. That's fun to me. <laughs> it actually is hard. Oh, yeah, really it's really hard, hard. But it's like sitting there and kind of like throwing stuff back and forth. And it's not so much because I've had so much good beer this year, or reviewed so much good beer this year. It wasn't tough. Basically, making that order. Once I got the order done, I was like, okay, pick it. It was finding ten beers because I had to leave so many good ones out. And I'm like, oh my god, I have to leave this beer out. Ugh. I don't know if I'm, I'm looking at George's and I'm trying to determine if that is a legit in order rated. 
because it kind of seems like it could be, but at the same time, not. So I don't. I'm, if if there's a cane at the end, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> it's like you're, you can see through what I have. Yeah, he, uh, it, it, most likely. I know George's brain is pretty analytical and it's scientific, more like a code. That, he's a computer, gonna... you know, IT guy. So I assume it's in a numbered list, but you never know. Well, you know, I'll I'll do my. I numbered mine one to ten, but there's nothing really in specific. So I'll, I'll go George's number ten. And this do you want to go back and forth and just pick one from each person, or do you just want to do? Uh, each person's list. Let's go. We'll go back and forth. We can do one okay. from each person. Do it that way. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do George's number 10. Now, if you know George, like we know George, this will not surprise you. That's why I'm thinking it's probably in some kind of order. Uh, George's number 10 is the always popular for him, the Jenny Cream Ale. <laughs> this, oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely number 10. Yeah, that's going to be on George's. Uh, so my number 10, what I have is from Jackie O's, their Bourbon Barrel Champion Ground, which was- That was really good. Yeah. I remember we had that on- uh, Within um, the podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, it was, uh, it's a Bourbon Barrel 8. It, it's basically very close to like a Bourbon County stout, but just the, the coffee was so present in that that it was just- oh. It was delicious. We're yeah. going to get Jackie O's on at some point next year as well. So. Uh, definitely. Mine, mine, I'm going to, I love aged beer, so you're going to get a lot of dates on mine <laughs> just because it's, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. My number 10 was uh, two brothers out of uh, Warrenville, Illinois, their Bear Tree, uh, 2011. It was, uh, it's actually a, a, a Weiss wine, a oh, Hefe, really? yeah, Hefeid. Um, but barley wined out or wined out uh, Hefe, and it was this crazy. It's it tastes like a fr- super fermented fruit, like pear and apricot, peach, and all that kind of stuff going on. And but it had like this kind of saisony spiciness going on to it too. It was I, it blew me away. I got I got a um, shipment of like aged beers, and uh, it was one of the ones I had towards the end. And it just it was one of the more interesting beers I've had. So yeah, that was that was awesome. Did that? Did that? The like I'm using. I'm assuming they use like a, a hefeweizen yeast that kind of hold up or that. <laughs> yeah, well, it, that's why I think it got it that kind of um, that kind of like saisony spiciness to it. I think uh, okay. almost, but it was more like since they use like it was like a wheat barley wine that had like a, this really kind of like oaky. You almost got it from like a husky oakiness from it. And I don't know what it was it, it, since it was aged. Who knows what it started off as? But yeah. it was just really, really freaking cool. Well. All right, let me. I'll, I'll get into the beer we just poured, and then we'll get back to. We'll do another one for the list for the commercial break. But we just poured. Now this is another new one from Boulevard, and Boulevard this year, and this probably directly ties into everything that's going on with Duval from them. Uh, they really unveiled a good amount of new beers this year into their lineup, and this was one. This is their Telltale Tart. Which is a sour beer, but this is another really, I mean, we've talked about it here before, all the sour beers we've had, you want to be really approachable, not too acidic, and this has a really wonderful, like, rounded feel to it that's very different than a lot of sharp uh, sour beers. One of the most approachable sours I've ever had in my life. We actually, Derek texted me this morning, he's like, don't forget about the list, and I was like, actually... I wrote them. I was like, I make a list for the the YouTube stuff I do, and I, I'm, I'm doing one for each style. And this is oh, well. on my fifth favorite tart or sour beer of the year. Yeah. I made the list. That's it, how much it, I like it, it. It's just a really good, super approachable one. It's definitely one that if you're looking to get into, and it's like a 6.2 ABV, uh, so it's not overly done. It, it's just a really well-balanced, and it's got this interesting roundedness to it. So I mean, if you are a huge sour fan, don't take it that it's approachable, like, oh, well, I've moved beyond that. Like, no, it's still really good. It's got these wonderful, like, slight cherry. It, it's all, the the red fruits are there. Like It's kind of got almost like a cidery uh, feel to it, but it's got some like cherries in it. it. It's it's not over the top though. It's not beating you to death with a fruit. Yeah, it's more funky than yeah. sour. It's something that I could drink like five of these in a row and be okay with it, and not be like, uh oh, I'm in trouble. All right, let's do. I'll do George's number nine from his list. Now, what, this is from one uh, when we just had on recently from Hardywood. But what he did, this is the apple brandy barreled gingerbread style, which George actually, that's why George wasn't here last week. He went down to Hardywood and picked some of that up. Yeah, that's a really good beer. I had it. He brought me back a bottle. Thank you very much, George. And uh, it was really nice. I yeah. just reviewed it. It was a super nice beer. I mean, Hardywood, we, we're, we're going to break it down at the end and kind of go with our, our favorite brewery of the year. Well, let's put it this way. Hardywood was definitely in the mix. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'll throw out my number nine, which is maybe I'm cheating, but I don't care. I have a three-way tie, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all Hardywood. Then uh, I have Trickery, 
Christmas morning and their cream ale, which I have raved about to a lot of people. I love that cream ale. One of the best cream ales I've ever had. So there's two from Hardywood. You cheater. You. <laughs> that tricky was off the hook. Though. Oh, yeah. That's, I was like, trying to figure out like what one and the, those three are like right there. My uh, my number nine is uh, a buddy of Ryan brought this over to my house to review. is Old Hickory Event Horizon from Hickory, North Carolina. It's a multi-barrel age. So they take a, a bunch of different barrels, um, uh, take a imperial stout and uh, kind of blend it all together to make like a unique beer. It's uh, just crazy chocolate barrel aged bliss. Was that like release this year then, or was that? Uh, this is actually, you know, sorry, I didn't give a date on it. I think it was 2012. This one was, uh, okay. um, but it was. Uh, I drank it this year, obviously. Yeah. Wow, good yeah, stuff. It was so good. All right, so we'll be back here. Uh, we're gonna keep drinking and then getting some new beers as well, and uh, keep working through our list all the way up to our number ones, and then we'll cover our favorite breweries for the year as well. So stay tuned here, WLK with the Beer Geeks. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. You see me around the neighborhood, and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me. We are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Good morning, Mr. Spencer. I hope this email finds you well. Hey, Donna. What was that? Your sleep. My sleep? Where are you? Good question. You look like crap, by the way. Hey. Just saying. I'd like to help, but you sleep on that busted pillow from college, and it's keeping me away. I'm sleeping. Oh, so you meant to put on two different shoes this morning. <gasps> Rear end that cop. And call your boss, Cheryl. We're on a first name basis. His name is Larry. Oh. Get a my pillow, Donna. Your pillow? No, my pillow. It's a pillow customized to you, so it's yours. But it's called my pillow because just get it. Fine. Then we'll see how smart you are. Sleep? Yes, we will. Person talking to invisible nothingness. Try the adjustable, washable, incredibly comfortable MyPillow and get the sleep you've been missing, whether you know it or not. Okay, let's regroup on Wednesday. Donna, get some sleep. I'm on it, Cheryl. Make your pillow MyPillow. Hi, this is Sue Henry. Get MyPillow today by using the promo code WILK and calling 1-800-544-7893. That's 1-800-544-7893. Imagine your life five years from now. Are you on the path you want to be on? It's time to take control of your future by getting a world-class education from one of the nation's top universities. Arizona State University is now offering over 100 top-tier degree programs 100% online. It's the exact same degree our on-campus students receive, but you can learn from anywhere in the country on your own schedule. For information, call 1-800-400-7153. Learn from ASU's world-renowned faculty and use ASU's global recognition to improve your visibility, professional network, and gain real-world experience you can start using today. The Wall Street Journal ranked ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates. Now discover how ASU Online can stand out on your resume and help separate you from the competition. We are ready to help you learn to thrive in your life, in your career, and beyond. To learn more about ASU online degrees, call 1-800-400-7153. That's 1-800-400-7153. There's a special place where people look for your company, where hundreds of people seek your services. A place where plans are made, where wishes are granted. A place where your business can thrive. The Northeast PA Bridal Show at Janetti Hotel in Wilkesbury on Sunday, February 21st from noon to 4. Call Jill at 883-1111 for more information. That's 883-1111. The Northeast PA Bridal Show, February 21st at Janetti Hotel in Wilkesbury. <laughs> oh. I expect a, this song coming out of the break, no, but I, I dig it. It's always a fun surprise to see what Donnelly cooks up for us. <laughs> but uh, we, we have another 
great beer in our glass. I said, well, we're doing this year, you know, we're doing a retrospective on our top beers for the year, but at the same time, we're working through some of the great beers that were released this year that were brand new releases. And uh, one of the ones we have, it's actually an interesting, it's a collaboration, but almost kind of a, a very unique unto itself collaboration between Deschutes and Harpoon Brewery. Uh, it's a beer called E-Hop. Now, what it is, like they, they each brewed this beer, so you can get a Harpoon bottle of E-Hop, and you can get a Deschutes bottle of E-Hop. Now, what it, the, the main difference is, if you're wondering what E-Hop stands for, uh, it comes from their employee-grown hops. Like, that's what there was used in this beer. So each brewery, like the, the employees at the breweries, grew the hops, and that's what they added to the beer. So really, that's the main difference between the two is the, the hop selection choices. Because, I mean, you also have a brewery that's in the Boston area and another one that is in the Bend, Oregon area. So those are two pretty different climatic areas and what's going on. Um, but what the the main thing that makes this beer really unique is it's an amber ale that used sage and thyme in it. So it's just like a really interesting take to add those spices to it and would actually go fairly well with a lot of like hearty dinners and stuff. So it would actually be a nice one to have on hand if you're having like a nice New Year's dinner, uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day dinner. But it's really interesting. Like when I'm Man, I were talking about because I the, the, most of these we haven't really had that much of the first two we did the next three we haven't had until right now. Um, I mean, you first take a sip of it. Like the, the idea, first of all, I'll let you know this because the idea maybe to you of using sage and thyme in a beer is a little like that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> it, it's not overpowering. You're not. It's not. You're drinking. You know. Uh, a tea made out of sage or thyme. It, it's very subtle, but it, as soon as you take a sip, it hits you and then just dissipates. But you you get these, and it's a really nice way it's done. It's not overpowering. It's not like they use it for hops, and it's all you're tasting the whole time. It's just really subtle and, and just super easy drinking. Very, It's very sweet. Not like, it, I don't want to say it's overly sweet. It's mm. sweeter when you really think of when it comes to like a hop for ale like this, but the, the, the hops aren't like super piney or super citrusy or anything like that. It's all about the kind of earthiness and with the sage and the thyme, it just kind of makes sense. It balances with that. So it just yeah. it, with that additional sweetness, I don't even know what I classify this to, as myself, beer wise. It's it, I don't think I would call it an IPA. I just call it no. I, I, yeah, because I, I mean, I guess it's 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 not it's not enough that you would call it like a, a herbal or fruit beer. It doesn't have enough of that. But it's it's definitely outside the boundaries of you know a, a hoppier pale ale or is that amber. That's a new category. This is like a spring warmer instead of a winter warmer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> call it that. This tastes like uh, something I'd like to drink coming in the spring. It's just that yeah. kind of. It's got a lot of like tree kind of like yeah. springy foresty notes. It, it's definitely not. It's not uh, a citrus for it. It's, it's more herbal, spicy with a nice, really subtle caramel sweetness that's not cloying. That's the big thing with all this stuff when you're getting into all this is you want balance. And it's an interesting balance between all those flavors that have that. All right. We'll get into number eight on George's list here. Uh-oh. All right. So jo- George has Trillium Uppercase. Now, we, we, George has been lucky enough to, to get a couple of Trillium beers and, and nice enough to share them with us. And they are they, they're a brewery that has a lot of buzz about them. They're in the Massachusetts area, um, but really good. Like, they are doing some really good beers. They're just they're a little tough to come by sometimes. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to have George, my buddy Brad, a couple of people who brought me back some Trillium stuff. And I've never had a bad beer from them. A lot mm-hmm. of their beers are, are better than most, very solid, and some of them really stand out. I don't know if I had the uppercase, but they had their... Yeah, um, that's the problem with George bringing them back, is I don't remember. We, he just like kind of poured it. Throws them at you like yeah. a yeah like a machine gun. It's like, oh, this and, is good. Uh, yeah, you don't remember the one I the one that sticks out me, for me from Trillium would be their uh, oh god because it sticks out so much I can't remember the name. It's a street <laughs> name probably because <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I remember most actually, of the beers. Actually, no, it's street. not. It's oh. Night and Day is what it was. Uh, I believe okay. it was their Night Night and Day. Which one? The other one I forget. There's two of them. They have the same name, but they flip uh, it. Flip them. Okay. I forget which one it was. That's one that stood out. But they're absolutely great brewery. All super well made beers. Yeah. All right, mine is uh, from up in that region as well, the, the Vermont area. This is from Fiddlehead, their second fiddle, uh, a double IPA that, that's kind of, you know, we, we've talked about on here before, that whole Vermont region is really blowing up as far as that style, especially that New England hazy IPA. Second fiddle, I had some, uh, George brought some back for me and then had some another time, and it was just like a really solid, well-balanced double IPA that was just what I love with that bone-dry finish, and you get that for me. That's a good beer. I love that. It's a really good one. I was kind of bummed yesterday. I went down to uh, Backyard Ale House, and a friend of mine said he was going to stop by with a second fiddle, actually, but he didn't, and I was kind of like, oh, bummer. That's a (laughs) tease. For me, well, let's go all New England, because number eight for me is going to be Treehouse Julius. We had him on the show. Yep. Um, They're at a Munson, Massachusetts. 
How do I how do I talk about uh, Treehouse or Julius? It's basically if you were to take a tropical fruit juice in beer form, it's a straight up juicy awesomeness. The balance between the actual hops and you get all that citrus coming from like the hops, the tropical fruits coming from the hops. The balance with the way they do it with the actual bounce it with the sweetness and then it has a nice density chewiness to it. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, that's what it is. That, that was the one thing I remember on that show. Like, that was the first time I really get to having that, and it, it really was. And we kept saying on the show too, if you want to hear, go back and listen to that one because that was all we kept raving was. It's like biting into fresh fruit. Yep. Like that's how it came across. It was like we've, you know, you hear that term thrown around a lot with a lot of IPAs, like they're juicy IPAs. This was the the quintet, like this is now where I will always judge when someone says juicy IPA, mm. it is judged against that. And if it gives me that quality of like I just bit into a fresh peach, yep. that that to me is like, cause I know it's possible now. And it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal IPA. And like there, as we, when we had Dean on, they talked about how difficult it is to get some of their beers. Like you're getting up there, you're waiting in line, you're getting paper to fill out, Nick. You got to wait there, and you got to be patient, and don't be that jerk that's that screaming and shouting <laughs> to be able to get your beer. Um, but they have a huge, huge following, and they haven't even gotten themselves to the point where they can really fully distribute. It, well, it's all going right out the, right out the when door. When we talked to them, it was like they like quadrupled. Yeah. Was it quadruple production? Yep. Max out day one. Yep. It's, you know what I mean? So it's like, yep. it's not even like they had like a day to breathe. Yeah. This had more work to do to make, sell more beer and can't really create on top of it because they're just yeah. so maxed out. There's just out. so many people trying to get it. And there's a reason it, it, it is that good. Like you hear a lot of hype and sometimes you try it and it's like, eh, it's good, but, but the, it's, it's really good. Definitely. Yeah. And in everything we had, I mean, we had a, a variety of stuff. It wasn't just IPAs from them. Um, and they're all absolutely incredible. I think we all go into beers like uh, trying to think of the best, but I mean, I'm a typical cynical person. I am. If something's so hyped, they go into it almost wanting to pick yeah. it apart more yeah. and shred it. But Hey, when it's no, good, it's good. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Uh, all right, let's see. George's number seven from DeGart, uh, their Imperial Blue Blue. I did not have that one, so I, I can't not. even I, I can't even make a comment on that one. Way no. to go, George. Yeah, thanks, George. <laughs> all right, my number seven. Now, this is one. This is a brewery we're actually going to be hitting up again this week. Uh, Rushing Duck. Now, this is this is a new discovery because this is not this was not released this year. I believe it was released in 2014. They're part two. Ah, uh, that's when you guys went up there and they were yeah, doing... they were just releasing it the day we went up there. And the reason I jumped on it uh, was you, you see the label and it was taken from Friday the 13th part two. It just says Rushing Duck part two done as a Friday the 13th part two logo um it was an old ale aged in oak uh and it, it had been sitting too for a year that was actually it's an anniversary beer for them that they had released and it had been sitting around there was just a handful of uh, beer bottles left for their third release for their 30 year anniversary and put them out and i was able to grab one of them and it was absolutely incredible just super unbelievably easy drinking for what it was i, I remember the abv off the top of my head i believe it was around like 12 i know it was fairly high um, but just a really nice, easy drinking one. It was an, more of an old ale kind of style to it, but just a, an incredible beer. And they're a really great up and coming brewery that we've been trying to get on here. We'll sort something out with them because if you remember uh, Weyerbacher, the the brewery, the the brewery owner, the the head brewer up there actually is from Weyerbacher and brewed one of Matt's favorite beers from yeah, Weyerbacher. They're sixteen, found yeah. Um, and so I mean, he really knows what he's doing, and I highly recommend getting up there. And if locally for you to take a drive up there, you're talking between an hour and hour and a half Not to get even, up to that yeah. brewery, and it's a small little brewery and you'll have some of the best beers and, and George has some from there on, on his list as well. So Yeah, you talk about, a, a, like I don't have a, a, that would have been on my list if I reviewed it, but I just had it because George cracked one in his house and uh, that probably would have made the list if it was, but it, you, you, you know, you said it on the show and said it before, if definition of rounded, yeah. that, that in the barrel for a year, then age for an additional year, just yeah. smooth as could be. Yeah. Uh, let's see, my number seven, 2013 Harvey and Son Imperial Extra Double Stout, which sounds like some kind of crazy English oh, yeah. stout, but it's a Russian Imperial Stout um, from England, uh, Lose England, and I picked this up when I was coming back from Canada at a bottle shop up there. You can get this local, though, at some bottle shops, and uh, I was like, yeah, let's try it. It smelled like it was going to be the most sour beer ever. Yeah. It was sour, super sour cherries. When you drank it, it was like the super ripe cherry, but in a Russian Imperial Stout. And so it was so good. It was like. So was it kind of like a, like a chocolate cherry? Uh, yeah, it was like a cordially thing? thing, but it was more like if you, if you took like a, if you took like a ch- overripe and cherry, coated it in like espresso bean and coated it in chocolate. It's, that's what it oh, tasted wow. like. Yeah, and it, it blew, it threw us all for a loop because we were like smelling it because I reviewed it and we we're sitting smelling like a, and I drank it. I was like, holy. Blah, <laughs> and, uh, and the only the worst thing about the beer was I I didn't never had it before. Yeah. Picked it up on my ride back and came, and I just like wanted to buy them all. I just wanted to get back in my car and drive up upstate New York yeah. and get them all. It was that good? 
Wow. I'd have to try that one at some point. Uh, let's see. George's number six. Now, this is a new one for George because I know when he had it, he was texting all of us telling us how incredible it was. <laughs> uh, the Whiskey Barrel-Aged Mexican Radio from Blue Jacket. Now, that's another brewery we're going to be working on getting on here next year. Uh, they're down in Virginia area, D.C., Virginia area. Uh, and George was ranting and raving to us about how great they were when he was there and loved all their beers, and especially that one. He was going off about how great Mexican radio Yeah, was. the texts were coming hard and fast. Yeah. And when, when you start getting a flurry <laughs> of texts from George, you know he's really digging it because he might send you the, it's good, but when you start getting re- repetition of them. Like you can't, by the time you reply, there's two more yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty much. You, <laughs> you start typing, you see those three dots show up, and you're like, oh, I'll just wait. <laughs> All right. My, mine is uh, from Shemini Creek. Shape of Hops to Come. This was the, I just had them this year for the first time. I kept hearing about it. Earlier in the year, I finally tried some of it. And then we actually were down at the brewery. George and I stopped down there. We went to uh, Broken Goblet and got some fresh right there. And it was just, it's a really, it is another very hyped double IPA when we had them on. They were talking about like he never expected them to become, uh, as he called it, trade bait online, that that was a, a thing. And like they just have really taken off. And it is a really, Great double IPA. I'm trying to think of a, a like a big, nice, big double IPA that Trump's that made out of Pennsylvania, and I think that might be the King of Kings. And yeah, I'm trying I to think, think of one. I mean, like Victory puts out some guns, but like there, there's that, that, that's very much me, unto. Yeah, yeah, for me that might be the one. It, it's kind of the perfect if you haven't had it. Um, it, it is kind of a meeting point to me between West Coast double IPAs yeah. and the, the New England style that's yeah. taken off. Like, that's a really great meeting point of those two styles with how they do that beer. Yeah, I like to classify those, like that that beer and what a lot of what Kane does and stuff like that down in Jersey and Carton. It's more like dank than juicy. It's like yeah. not as sweet juiciness, but it's not definitely not piney. It's just yeah. a lot of onion, a lot of stuff that you usually don't like, but you like Yeah, I love the way they did that one. I just, I love it because I got those aromas, but didn't put me off. Yeah. So. Uh, my number six is, oh, this beer is so good. And you can still pick <laughs> it up locally. Um, a 2012 Lervig Brewerzer Barley Wine. Um, it, I was going to the local bottle shop. The owner took me and was showing me through his stock. And he pulled it out. And he's like, yeah, we just got this in. And I saw it. And it just has a big star on it. And I was like, screw it. And I'm like, grab me. I'm going to take one. Let me take oh, one in reserve. Bring, okay, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, took yeah. it home. And, and I said, no, nah, I want to review it. And reviewed it. And posted it the next day. And I was like, I, my, uh, I said. I think what I said was holy, holy poop balls, except the poop is a different word. And it was just so good. It's like a, the marriage between the barrel and the beer itself. It was one of the most beautiful beers I had all year from a brewery I've never heard of before. Yeah. Like the, the Harvey and Sons before this, I've heard of them. I've had beers from them. This is like, I have no idea. Where, where are they from? Lervig is from uh, Stanford, Norway. <laughs> That there you go. That's uh, that's what you have to know about. Yeah. That one, wow. So. There's a lot of it's. It's interesting to see. Like even the, the breweries we've had on, we've had those conversations about this bizarre uh, movement of all of them getting into Sweden as they go international, and Sweden and Norway have really been taking off. Here's a little tidbit about that. The head brewer there that came in and basically redid the whole brewery a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He's from I think Pennsylvania. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. How weird is that? From somewhere in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, somewhere in this area. Wow. So that's a weird. Yeah. Trip. It's, it, but it's like you see that like <laughs> that influence hitting all of them, and like we said like last week, I think we were just talking about the, the, it's this interesting role reversal in the world of we were kind of the dumping ground to a lot of people on like what's bad about beer for so long, and now we are now going out and kind of profitizing to yeah. everybody else about like this is what's going on in beer, and this is what you should be doing, and all the things that are possible, and now you see that ripple effect going in. To, cause, I mean, who would have thought like Norway? <laughs> I mean, like, it's just like it's not really what you yeah. think of with some of these areas that they're like coming out of these great beers. It's like, holy crap, like how did you get that going? And it's just that's the influence that's coming from us towards them. And I find that just that, that idea that someone can make a beer in Norway brand new and have it find me in Pennsylvania is just a testament to how mm-hmm. open and awesome beer has gotten. Like a weird small brewery in Norway made a beer and it got me in. Nor- Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's just bizarre. And, and just awesome. it's a, it's a cheaper way to travel too. You just yeah. uh, you can try all these things, and it's like you're there. Kind Norway, of. you taste delicious. <laughs> all right. See number five. George's number five. Now this is one talked about recently and is going to be coming back uh, fairly soon within within a month. I believe they're going to put it back out from. Uh, and he even wrote it out here too. W E Yerbacher from Good Old Wirebacher. Their Sunday morning stout is uh, George's number five, which is one we talked to and we talked to Chris Wilson about that, that was kind of a shocker to them that they, they could not believe like how much that took off so quickly and is now already people just waiting patiently for that one. I shouldn't say patiently. They're waiting, wanting 
tauntingly for that one to come back out. And it's going to be hitting uh, very similar to like a KBS or, or a Bourbon County Stout type thing, if you're wondering what it is. Yes, uh, similar but different. Comes out right before KBS. So I think it's like March, maybe, somewhere in around March, April, give or take. Anyway, regardless, it, 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 they thought it was great, but yeah. you, you have blinders on when you make a beer. Yeah, definitely. So you always think all your beers are great. But when I had that, I was like, okay, here we go. And then just to see that kind of take off, yeah. it was pretty awesome. All right, my number five was uh, a release this year. that They do it every two years. It's from Sam Adams, their Utopius 2015. That's cheating. I, oh. How's that cheating? Because that's number one through ten every time. You got to omit that one from here. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not joking, but I am joking. If, and, and you know what? When I, when I first had it, I did a side-by-side with 2013. Oh, my God. It's, the, the beer gets better as you let that sit. So, I mean, but people look at then and scoff at the price tag sometimes, but it's worth it because you can sit on that for a long time. It is completely worth getting a bottle of that. Yeah, I love it so much. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, my number, uh, I can't even talk about it. We're in a five yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, number five, to that, my 2013 Castile Winter Belgian Dark. Castile, they make um, the Donker, the Rouge. Yeah, they make yep. a bunch of those. I actually had this, uh, I had it a while ago, but I had forgot about it. I had it probably about a month ago. Van Honsenbroek, Belgium. Belgian Dark Winter Ale that um, just has a ton of coffee. And chocolate, and I did oh, not wow. expect that. And yeah. I had it, but it was still a Belgian dark, and I was just thrown. It was 2013, older, awesome, but it just kind of just took me away. I was like, oh my god, what am I drinking right now? And I just can't go pick them up because that you can definitely get locally. Yeah. I've seen that in multiple. Yeah, there are a lot of places. So. All right, so we're going to take a break here in the Beer Geeks, and uh, we'll be back after the break to kind of finish out our top ten, and we got two more great beers to work through. So stay tuned here on WLK with the Beer Geeks. Built for business. Comcast Business is offering 25 megabits per second internet from $69.95 a month. That means if you're still using slow DSL from the phone company, you have a decision to make. Do you switch to Comcast Business and get more speed for faster downloads or stick with slow DSL and watch your business stutter from slow speeds? Do you get internet that stays fast when other people are online or keep using slow DSL and have your employees struggle with lag time? The choice is yours. Switch to Comcast Business and get 25 megabits per second of fast, reliable internet from just $69.95 a month or stick with slow DSL and get slower speeds and more downtime at work. Make the smarter choice. Ditch slow DSL and switch today. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 1231.15. Restrictions apply. Two-year contract and subscription to Comcast Business Voice and Business TV required. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. 2015 is coming to a close, and Jeep has the best deals of the year during the year-end blockbuster sales event. Lease a new 2016 Jeep Cherokee Latitude 4x4 with Bluetooth, heated seats, and remote start for just $267 a month. New 2016 Jeep Compass Patriot 4x4s have incentives up to $4,250. You could buy a Compass Latitude 4x4 for $21,000 with payments as low as $229 a month. We've got Wranglers and Black Bear trim, Willys Editions, and of course the legendary Rubicon. We can lift them, put fat tires on them, whatever strikes your Jeep and fancy, and we'll do it at an affordable price. Seven truckloads of Laredo, Limited, and Overland Grand Cherokees just arrived, and they are year-end price. The year-end blockbuster sales event at Scranton Dodge Chrysler Deep Ram ends December 31st. Scranton Dodge Chrysler Deep Ram is located on Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. Every Jeep is drastically reduced for this year-end event. See our ad in the Scranton Times for details. Offer ends 12-31-15. If you're suffering with hearing loss and you don't want to hear more clearly again, cover your ears. Because I'm about to offer everyone who's listening an absolutely risk-free trial of a life-changing hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear. We'll even give you free shipping and free batteries for life. So if you're still listening, call now. 1-800-955-2423. Listen Clear is precisely designed by top audio engineers to fit your ear almost invisibly. And you can adjust Listen Clear to find the perfect way to hear everything, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Listen Clear is so invisible, people may not even know you're wearing it. And it's so lightweight, you may even forget you're wearing it too. So if you're ready to hear more clearly again, let us give you a 100% risk-free home trial with free shipping and free batteries for life. For free information, call now. 1-800-955-2423. That's 
ready? <laughs> Getting ready, baby. I'm going to make a confession right now. Uh-oh. I like you too. The only thing I don't like about you too is when they, hate on well, when they force you to get their album. That's what ruined the yeah, life. Because that was that was the one thing that was kind of like, what the? It's like an invasion <laughs> of your privacy. <laughs> you just come home and there's a U2 album on your on your iPhone. You're like, ah. But no, I have no problem with U2. I don't. Uh, people like to hate on a lot of things because it makes them. If if they they don't have an opinion about anything else, that's kind of more what I get out of a lot of people. Mm, yeah. It's just I don't like this, and that's their opinion. Well, no. that doesn't give you an opinion, really. <laughs> it, all right, so. We just uh, poured another one. Now, this is a brand new one that's just starting to hit shelves now from Avery, and I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, their Vanilla Bean Stout. It's a fairly ambitious project from them. But, I mean, Avery is really, we were talking about that they, they are just killing it with barrel aging. They really have honed that into a, a oh, level yeah. that few others have reached. Uh, but this is going to be a year-round release from them starting now. Uh, it is a vanilla bean stout aged in bourbon barrels, and it has all these really wonderful notes. And in, despite, I mean, it was just bottled this month, and you would think usually barrel-aged beers, when they're fresh, I have this you know huge alcohol heat to them. It's very subtle. It's there, but it's not you know killing you. It's 10.8%, so it's fairly high, and it's it's available in bomber bottles. So they have them in 22-ounce bottles, too. So this is a great one to get and share with someone. And uh, like I said, they're going to have this out year-round for them, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it, it, it's equal parts stout. Vanilla in barrel, um, yeah. bourbon barrel, which is actually really hard to do. Like balance is key. A lot of places you have they blow it up and you're just drinking straight bourbon beer, or there's a ton of vanilla or wonky vanilla in it or something like that. But this is like very balanced. Yeah, very. This is very dessert like with with all the flavors going on, but it's not too sweet. Yeah, and like you said, like the 22 ounce bo- uh, bomber bottle. And with uh, Avery, typically anything they barrel age goes in those 12 ounce bottles and they're usually around the $15, $18 price point range. To see where this lands price point wise, it may be something cool because they're usually a little bit pricey. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it every single time. Oh, yeah, definitely. But to see this coming out, maybe they're going to hit a different demographic with a different price point a little bit. This is a cool lower. one. It'd be cool one to, cool to pick up and uh, age for a little bit too. And oh, see my God. Yeah. Just to see what happens to it, yeah. where the bourbon goes, where yep. the vanilla goes. All right. We'll get back in number four we are at now from George. He has Carton. 077XX, or lovingly called O-Dub. O-Dub. Uh, another great beer from Carton. We had Carton on this year, too, which is a great conversation. Uh, my number four is from Wicked Weed, their Freak of Nature double IPA. That which was so good. Yeah, that came out, and that, that to me was... I See, I love a bone-dry IPA. Anything that has that huge hop kick and then finishes bone dry like just disappears. I love that. They, you know, we had Wicked Weed on the show. Really great sour brewery, but their IPAs too are just equally amazing. And they they had had Freak of Nature out and they bottled it for the first time this year and it was absolutely incredible. And, and I know a few people got to try that and they it's really great. It goes to show you, like Wicked Weed, who is pretty much all about sours for yeah. have a double IPA make the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. Um, my number four, this is about every top 10 list I've ever done. Um, this year it's a number four. I have a 1999 Thomas Hardy's Ale, uh, Eldridge Pope Brewing Company, Dorchester, England. Actually, right after this year, a different brewery started brewing it, so this is the last year that it was brewed by that brewery. It's just, if you look up a textbook of cellaring and you look up what beers you want to sell, or Thomas Hardy's going to be in the list, it starts out as like this really sweet, nice, <clears throat> earthy kind of English ale and turns into this chocolate-covered raisinetti raisinous of awesomeness after a couple of years. So oh. I love that beer so yeah, much. Yeah, there, there's some beers that are just, I mean, and we've talked about it before when we had, uh, well, the names escape me now, the, the, the aging beer process that we had that uh, book Space on. too, but I didn't know who you're talking uh, about. Patrick, Patrick something, yeah. uh, whatever. You go back and find it. <laughs> but we, we got into this conversation about aging beers, and it's a very interesting thing because some people do not think of that as something that you do, and it is a very common practice, and there are some beers that are perfect for that, and that, that being one of them that just, they really, that's when they become what they should be, and the, the yeah. brewers brew them to be aged. Like on the label, it says, I said, um, we'll mature up to 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's that's the kind and of stuff I'm, you want to hang and on I've had so them, I know they've tasted better or older than 35 years. So. Wow. <laughs> Oh, there's some great ones. All right, let's see. George is number three. Now, this is one. He's getting into Rushing Duck as well. Nice. Uh, their War Elephant, which is a double IPA that they did that we had up there. It was a very hazy double IPA, a big, huge hot punch on that one. Um, they haven't started putting that into any kind of uh, bottles or anything like that, but you can get that at the brewery. They have that on fairly regularly, but it's a really great, great double IPA. I was bummed because that was uh, that was off when we went up there. Oh, when we, the, we went uh, up there, that was one of the ones that was off. Totally bummed. Hopefully they'll have it up. We're going up this week, so hopefully they'll have it up. 
have some back on. All right, my number three is also from Carton Brewing. Uh, they're regular coffee. I I just if you didn't have that beer, it's coming out. It comes like in the winter. Is that come out? Is that I early think spring? It comes out early spring. Okay, it, it's it's just a phenomenal. It's it's basically a huge twelve percent cream ale with coffee added to it, and it is just absolutely incredible. There's no hint of the alcohol. And it's like a regular coffee. Like it's yeah. mixed with sugar and cream already. Yeah. That's the there's, vibe. Yeah, know. there's like lactose. It, it's just, it's really phenomenal, phenomenal beer. Um, and it, it's one of those beers that I can say is really across the board. Everyone really can get into that. Even if you're just getting into craft beer, it's not too over the top beating you to death with flavor. If you like, I should say, if you like coffee, you can get into it. If you don't like coffee, then your name's probably going to put you, you off. You poop out of luck. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's got a lot, despite having this huge 12% ABV, it's super approachable. And it's got something for everybody. And it goes really quick for them yeah, too. Yeah, I love so. that beer. Hopefully um, we'll, we'll send George out to get some. Oh, get, <laughs> get on it, George. Um, number three for me is uh, Founders Brewing Sweet Repute, um, which is a uh, bourbon barrel aged uh, wheat wine. Um, if, uh, if anybody out there likes good beer, they know of CBS. This is basically the wheat wine version of CBS. They basically do the same thing with the bourbon barrel aged, maple syrup barrel aged, um, this wheat wine, and it is just absolutely fantastic. Well, speaking of, this is a perfect segue into this one. This is one that, now, the, the only worry about the, having this one now is I'm, I'm thinking that this might have been one that made it onto our list, but we, uh, we're we cracking up. This is from Founders. This was a relatively new one that just came out from them. Is this the backstage? Yeah, th- this is their, their Project Pam. Um, now, they do some really awesome one-offs and, like, their bigger bottles. Like, they had, like, Redanculous is one they had this year. Um, what this is is a black IPA, bourbon barrel aged with maple syrup. So, I mean, they, and it's at 10.8%, and they, they just really get into, especially when they get into to bourbon barrel aging and throwing any kind of maple syrup stuff in it, they, they usually really hit that one perfect on the head. And um, But just having a black IPA is an interesting thought, because that's not really one that people get into. Usually it's the Stouts or an Imperial Porter, but just throwing a black IPA into everything. This is awesome. Oh, wow. It's, it's really nice. It has, like, I like to call it, because it, it, obviously it was barrel aged. What was it? How was it done again? Exactly. Ugh. Okay, maple syrup, bourbon barrel aged. So you're talking about the same thing as sweet repute and CBS. This had to be done with a ton of West Coast piney hops. Yeah, they're still get, coming through. It, yeah. But it's almost like the ghost of those hops. Like it's the pine is there, but it's so subtle and almost like a nuancey kind of thing. Kind of like you get from like, like um, uh, who does it? Uh, blanking on epic beers, but you get this, um, you get this kind of pininess there, but it's more like a sweet candied kind of sugary yeah, pininess. Yeah, now. It, it, it tastes like candy covered, like chocolate covered hops kind of thing. Just very subtle. But the, and the, the bourbon's there, and the maple syrup's definitely present, like cutting through. It just has this really wonderful melange of flavors. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but it, it's just like a really interesting. That's what I, I hadn't had this one, and I was thinking, like, oh, this might be one that could have been on all of our lists. And I, I think right away we're kind of saying, like, yeah, this would have been up there because it, it's definitely just got. And, fa- and every year I will say, Founders, whenever I'm putting together any list for the year of, of top beers, like Founders somehow finds their way on that because every year they come out with those, the backstage series, that they're just amazing stuff. Like, they really know what they're doing. And we had uh, Dave Engbers from Pounders on earlier this year and a really great conversation with them about what they're doing as a brewery, too. So, all right, let's get back into the, the top two we're into now. So from George, his number two, this is a good one, from Town Hall, the Fresh Hop 100 we had on the show. That was really good. Yeah, when we had Town Hall on, they were a brew pub from out in the Minneapolis region doing some really awesome beers. We got some growlers sent over from the from the brew pub from them, like, like really good stuff. And like, it was a really interesting conversation to see that whole business model of a brew pub. It's something we don't really get to talk to about a brewery only being a brew pub. So it was really a conversation, and that was a really great fresh hop. Great people, great interview, yeah. great business model, the whole nine. I dug, I dug that show. Yeah, they were a good time. There's a lot going on with them, too. So it'll be interesting to see where they fall. Uh, now, my, this is one George would be happy with from Cane Brewing <laughs> Sunday Brunch. I got to have this year. And oh, God. I just, yeah. if, if th- that was one when they released <laughs> it, a lot of people didn't get it and they were kind of upset and you saw some anger online. And uh, you can kind of understand it once you have it, <laughs> if you're not getting it. It is just an absolutely incredible, it is a, a imperial milk porter with coffee and cinnamon and maple syrup. So, I mean, it is a, a wonderful, to have the, the thought of, the first sip you have that, you think 
if you're going to have a little bit of French toast with that, it would be just heaven on earth sitting there and enjoying that. It had these wonderful flavors that were just absolutely incredible from a brewery that is amazing. And we had Michael Kane on again this year. We, but we've gone out since to visit the brewery again. And they just, they keep amazing just yeah. with the beers. We'll have them again because he's oh, just yeah. an There's awesome no dude, awesome yeah. beers. Absolutely. Uh, my number two, uh, Pennsylvania, baby. Uh, I have a uh, Trogues, um, their Flying Mouflin bur- bourbon barrel-aged barley wine. Um, what year from? Uh, I think it came out earlier this year. Oh, was it a fresh one? Okay. Yeah, well, it, no, it was the bourbon barrel-aged oh, Flying Mouflin. Okay, okay. Not, their, not their old one. Not their regular one. Okay. Um, this is uh, Hershey Payet. Um, they, um, basically, what they did was they spent, they brewed their, last time they brewed the Flying Mouflin, just base one, was 2012. They put it in a barrel that year, three years it spent in the barrel. Oh, wow. And then they released a bourbon barrel-aged version of it. I'm talking, if you like coconut and caramel, then this is uh, this is your jam. Was it almost like a, a Samoa, the, Samoa the, cookie, the Girl Scout cookies? It's it, No, that's garbage compared to this. <laughs> uh, I have one left. You hear that, I'll make, Girl sure Scouts. We share, I'll make sure we share it together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's absolutely, like, I mean, it's two on my list of beers, and I've had a great ones this year. It's uh, just coconut. Uh, most coconut ever ever got out of a beer that wasn't touted as coconut. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, there's that's one thing we've seen there. There's been a, a, a actually a fair amount of beers came out this year with, like, kind of coconut stuff. People yeah. were pushing that one. Because it is an interesting flavor to put into the beer, and a lot of people got used to it. From barrel-aged beers. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of people like the, the um, Last Snow from Funky Buddha. Yeah. A ton of toasted coconut, but they're putting coconut in this. Yep. With this, you're getting just coconut just from the barrel. barrel. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I, and there's been some really great bourbon barrel. I think that's one uh, you're going to see a lot more breweries getting into barrel-aging as it goes, because that's something a lot of breweries have wanted to get into, but that's a tough thing until you have the room for it. And this is actually really interesting that they took this beer, threw it in a barrel, and it works so well. Usually, you have to plan for that, but yeah. this just worked that way. Oh, really good stuff. I mean, and Trogues has been doing really well. All right. Let's get in the number one beer for George for the year. This should be absolutely no surprise at the brewery. Uh, from Cane Brewing, George's number one was their Mexican brunch. Now, what that was was the Sunday brunch with some chilies added into it for a little kick of spice in it, but a very subtle kick. And uh, I know since George had that, he's been going off by how great that one was. He loved that one. Now, this said mine weren't in any specific order, but my number one, uh, was from Treehouse Julius. Nah. I, I that, that was Matt already kind of covered the bases on that one. Just super juicy, like biting into fresh fruit, and it is just an absolutely incredible brewery and really great beers. And you know, it, it may be a pain in the butt to get some of their stuff if you listen to the show. If not, go back and take a listen and uh, kind of make the decision if you want to make a trip up there. It's definitely worth it up Massachusetts. Beautiful area. Uh, it's just you're gonna have to wait a little bit to get the beer, but believe me, it is completely absolutely worth it. it. Yeah, absolutely worth every every minute you're gonna have to wait for it. And uh, my number one, and uh, apparently we're going just all founders in, is CBS. I had uh, con- uh, uh, Canadian breakfast out this year. Um, I had that and uh, Sweet Repute in the same year, and they both blew me away. The Canadian breakfast out, it's a little bit different than their just regular breakfast out, but it's just uh, bourbon barrel aged maple syrup amazingness and basically all I know now is I want to have a black and tan of sweet repute <laughs> and uh, CBS together and then basically pass out for three days. I would that would be imagine. a black and tan or a black and black? <laughs> no, because the sweet repute looked like, uh, oh, was it looked like oh my god, yeah, it looked like oh, really? a, oh, okay. it looked like a, a, a double IPA. Oh, wow. Because it was okay. a wheat wine aged oh, with bourbon okay, and some okay. maple syrup, so okay, it was yeah. super light, so I was just like, I want to do like a black and tan of this and just, you know, go into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good day to me. Betis. Alright, so let's get into Brewery of the Year now again. If you know George, if, you, if you've uh, ever heard him fanboy out, uh, his number one brewery should be absolutely no surprise, Cane Brewing Company from New Jersey. Uh, George absolutely loves them, and there's a reason they, they do really good beers. He's not just ridiculous about it. They do incredible beers. All right, my number one for the year was kind of more of what's the brewery that surprised me most that I didn't see kind of coming and wasn't sure what was getting and everything I had blew me away it was Hardywood. Hardywood was was a brewery that the, this year just blew my socks off. Uh, wasn't super familiar with them, but then once I got into it, as I said, even their cream ale, which is a style that most breweries don't even bother with, yep. and they, they nailed it. Every beer I have had from them, I have absolutely loved, and they keep surprising me. Even last week we had the Christmas morning. I friggin' love that beer. That was <laughs> so, so good. They, they, they just keep coming. And uh, for me, uh, I, I, I tossed about a bunch of them. Um, I actually thought about Kane, but then I figured a George go that way, obviously. No, as you should, because it's a fantastic yeah. brewery. I, Hardy was on my list. There's a couple other on my list. And honestly, I'm gonna, like you cheated, I'm going to cheat. <laughs> I'm going to go northeastern Pennsylvania. You have a lot of great breweries coming out in this area. You have Breaker coming with some great stuff. You have um, Endless Brewing. 
you have even Susquehanna. You have a bunch of breweries popping up in this area coming out with great beers. So I think we win here. It's not the breweries themselves, but we win. Oh, there you go. The guy, the man of the people, ladies and gentlemen. The most cynical <laughs> jerk comes out with the sweetest thing at the end. All right, and that's going to do it for us this week uh, with our roundup of the year. Next week, we'll be back, and it'll be a new year. And as we get into the new year, we're going to, of course, take a look back at old aged beers that we have sitting around and kind of get into the whole discussion on aging beers. So till then, we'll see you next week and next year, and have a great new year, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.